Welcome to Dark Goddess Rising, a podcast about the dark goddess, shadow work, healing, transformation, witchcraft, and anything and all things spooky. I'm your host, Serena Faith, and I'm excited to welcome you to the first podcast ever. Today, I wanted to tap into and talk a bit about the dark goddess archetype, as well as the underworld, um, the archetypal location of our wonderful dark goddess. So let's get this party going and uh, jump on in. First and foremost, I really wanted to talk about, before we start into the dark goddess stuff, I wanted to talk about the archetype um, and what that is. So archetypes are like universal symbols or patterns that are present in the collective unconscious of humanity. In a sense, they're kind of like shared human experiences that we can also find in various mythologies, stories, and cultural traditions across the world and throughout time. This was actually a concept that was put into word by Carl Jung, a Swiss psychologist that believed that archetypes represent fundamental human experiences and are also symbolic expressions of the psyche. Um, this is actually a quote, um, hold on, I'm going to pull up, that is by Carl Jung, and it says, the primordial image or archetype is a figure, be it a demon, a human being, or a process that constantly reoccurs in the course of history and appears wherever creative fantasy is freely expressed. Essentially, therefore, it is a mythological figure. In each of these images, there is a little piece of human psychology and human fate, a remnant of the joys and sorrows that have been repeated countlessly, repeated countlessly, has been repeated countless times in our ancestral history. So that's just kind of concept. So when you look at, you see like so many diff different mythologies, you see so many different stories. And as you read them, there's like parts that you can always resonate to. There's parts that you understand. So it's just so cool that you can see these different themes through like so many different cultures and so many different time frames. It's just a really cool concept in my opinion. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are really like um, familiar with like the hero's journey um that is like an archetypal but there's a lot of archetypes in there ironically and interesting enough there was like the the like female version of that of like heroine's journey and it actually talks a lot about like kind of like dark goddess stuff and um and uh like the underworld and the person who like initially came up with like the like the um dark goddess like not the dark goddess the hero's journey actually rejected and told the woman who wrote this that it was bullshit um to like make a female one but there's some concepts that that might have been a little uh that guy might have been a little patriarchal to say the least um i might do a podcast on that actually so anyways let's delve into the dark goddess as an archetype now that we have an idea of what archetypes are so the dark goddess represents powerful transformation and it's often the unsettling aspects of the feminine psyche 
And this archetype can be seen as like the opposite of like traditional what feminine archetype is, you know, because that's supposed to be motherly. It's supposed to be nurturing. It's supposed to be loving and caring and gentle. But the dark, the dark goddess is the more wilder, the more primal, the more darker parts of femininity. It also represents the repressed parts of ourselves, the rejected parts of ourselves. Um, it talks about trauma. It talks about healing. It talks about death and rebirth. Some people will also say, myself included, that she's also a protector of marginalized and oppressed communities um, and is a guide to help those who are seeking to find their inner power and authenticity. And it really just is like kind of like a beacon of hope and justice for those the system has the systems have failed. The dark goddess um, is often associated with like death and destruction and chaos. Um, and she is a symbol of the cycle of life and death and rebirth. And she also talks a lot about and can represent the, represent the transformative power of destruction and regeneration. And with that, she's also associated with like the unconscious mind, the shadow self, and the deeper, more mysterious aspects of the psyche. So essentially, the dark goddess really does represent the raw, the untamed, and the powerful aspects of femininity. And she's the reminder that despite our fears and our struggles, we also have this potential to transform and grow and you know, take shit, make it into fertilizer and grow to goddamn garden. And there's this power that's embracing our shadows um, and embracing these parts of ourselves and integrating them, which is what shadow work is. I really look at the dark goddess and what she is capable of. When you look at like a volcano and you have a volcano and volcanoes are like super fucking destructive. And it's like this molten rock lava comes up from like inside of the earth and it like erupts it like builds pressure and erupts and it spews you know ash and smoke and steam and all this lava and it destroys anything that's in its path it's wiped out entire cities pompeii but when you look at it and we think about it you know hawaii is this like beautiful lush fertile ground but for a long time it was inhabitable it was formed through volcanic activity but through time it ended up creating fertility it ended up creating land and that's kind of like the dark goddess is like there is this destruction there is this chaos this there is this you know death but from that comes fertility comes abundance and so it's this really powerful concept so I'm just going to kind of recap. So we talked about creation through chaos, volcano, death and rebirth, the underworld, which we'll get a little bit more into. Um, some, some like cultures will associate the dark goddess with like the moon and nighttime. Um, and we'll get, I'm going to get into that stuff in further podcasts. So just wait and see. Um, and yeah, so I want to talk about like, some other things um, around it as well. You know, so we have like winter and fall, we have death and rebirth. Um, it's kind of like caves as well, like caves are the mouth to the underworlds, um, liminal spaces, the spaces in between 
are kind of like where you might find the dark goddess dwell. So it's just really, really interesting to see because, you know, the dark goddess, a lot of people fear that. They fear the darkness. They fear, you know, the unknown. They fear those parts of themselves that they reject. And a lot of times there's trauma underneath that. And it's it's our brains actually almost do this protective thing where sometimes when we experience something tra traumatic or we experience long-term trauma, our brains will actually like just push it away and repress it. You know, people get like repressed memories. Which is why when you come to do shadow work, you have to be very careful because you'll be digging up these, these parts of yourself. You'll be digging up these repressed, you'll be digging up these trauma. And if you, you can't rationalize, you can't logical, you can't think your way out of trauma. So a lot of people will end up re-traumatizing themselves. I was one of them because they don't know how to, they don't have coping skills and they don't have these parts of themselves to like heal and nurture and love themselves. And I'm going to do another podcast on that as well. So don't worry. Um, I'm getting a little deeper and going off course, but let's talk about, let's talk about it. So let's talk about the underworld. I want to talk about the path of like the dark goddess and what the underworld is. Um, so the in a lot of different like mythologies and like cultures around the world, you'll hear the talk of like the underworld or hell. Um, and it's this place where souls go after death to be judged um, or start like a new phase of life or all of that, or, you know, hell where you just go burn forever. That's not part of my experience and my beliefs, but it's a big one out there, but it's often portrayed as a very dark, a very mysterious place full of spirits, demons, um, and other beings. And the journey to the underworld is often depicted as like a difficult and perilous one and it requires so much courage and so much strength because you're literally down there fighting fucking demons, right? And you'll see this theme in a lot of different um, cultures with a lot of different um, heroes or heroines um, of this, this underworld journey. It's very common all across culture and time. Now, when we go back to like Carl Jung and the things that he talks about um, with like the shadow and the archetypes, the underworld is associated with like the subconscious and the deeper layers of our psyche. It's a place of hidden wisdom and also knowledge. But it's also a place where you can confront and overcome and face your deepest fears, your demons and challenges and essentially grow. But it's difficult. It's hard. It's it's scary. But because of this, there's a lot of many spiritual traditions and paths that will actually practice the concept of journeying to the underworld through meditation ritual or other means. And um, that universal concept has been termed shamanism. And so shamans will actually know how to like literally journey into this um, like astral underworld to like do all sorts of cool stuff. So. In the context of the dark goddess path, um, the underworld is really about your shadow self, those hidden parts that we fear and reject. It's a place of darkness and mystery, and it's where we're called to confront our deepest wounds and traumas. But we do this in order to heal and transform our lives so that we're not being held back by this shit anymore. So under, like exploring the underworld, like I said, it's difficult, it's freaking scary, it's challenging, but it can be rewarding, okay? 
And by facing our fears and embracing the shadow, we, we end up developing wisdom. We end up getting compassion for ourselves and other people. We end up having breakthroughs. Um, we break through what's like limiting us and holding us back. And the dark goddess is really the guide um, that guides us through this underworld. So it's really exciting. So there are a couple phases in my opinion. This isn't, you know, this is just stuff that I've kind of come up with on my own. So don't, uh, don't quote me for the truth. This is just my experience. So the first one we have is like the fall. And this process is when you literally fall into the underworld. Um, it's the descent into the darkness. It's the initiation into the mysteries of the underworld. But really what this means is this is when you, um, kind of have to start facing your shadow like self you have to look at these things that you've been ignoring you have to look at these things that you've been running from and it's um sometimes it can be associated with like a cave or dark forest or someone literally falling into the underworld and the fall is often triggered by a massive fucking crisis or loss like literal death um you know people having near-death experiences a relationship ending, a significant time change, maybe someone very close to you dying. But whatever whatever the big cosmic massive crisis that goes on, it upheavals your life. It brings chaos and it's incredibly unsettling. It's like a massive fucking tower moment. <laughs> but within this, it starts to shed these things. It starts to remove these things. And it brings in this time of transformation and rebirth. And this is when you start kind of shedding old patterns and beliefs. And it's it's where you start that process of kind of waking up and, and looking at these parts of yourself, looking at these things. And it's hard. So it is also really uh, important to realize that we can have multiple falls. We can have multiple falls into the underworld. We can have multiple tower moments in our lives. Um, it just gets easier to navigate, like I mentioned earlier. So now we're going to talk about the actual journey within. And this is kind of the second part. So you have that initial crisis that brings you down. It's that rock bottom where like, you can't fucking run anymore. You can't avoid things. You literally have to sit with yourself. And so the second part is that journey within. And this is where the dark goddess archetype, or you'll get like a guide or something like a Hecate, where she shows up with her lantern and kind of takes you through. Um, this is that part where you are looking, truly looking at yourself. It's that introspection. It's the real meat of the shadow work where you're exploring yourself um you're looking at your you know the darkest corners of your psyche you're unraveling you know those inner layers you're looking at those parts of yourself you're doing you know therapy you're you're unraveling you're unweaving all the things that are holding you back and this is where you really start doing that reflection you start kind of looking at those fragmented parts of yourself maybe you're doing inner child healing um, inner teenager healing. And so it's just that part where you really start exploring the depth of your emotions and your traumas or those unresolved things from your past. So like I said, shadow work is a very significant role during this part. Um, and this is where you start acknowledging and accepting those parts of yourself. You start embracing, you know, the negative parts of yourself and having that compassion and that grace um, and just seeing where you can grow and you can do better and you can be better. And yeah, the next part is where you do the rise. This is where you're like clawing your way out of the 
underworld. This is the true integration part. So you've gone through the under, you've fallen, you've gone through the underworld, you've done all, you've been kind of just facing those shadows, facing those parts, facing those fears, looking at yourself. And this is where you kind of start to emerge with that newfound wisdom. You start getting that empowerment um, and finding the lessons and even the worst situations, whether it's you know, maybe you need to do better. Maybe you don't want to be like your parents. You know, maybe you had an abusive parent and you're having to face how that affected you. And your decision is to not be like that. And so taking the lesson of, you know, I got to heal myself so that I don't continue the cycle. And a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people don't like the concept that traumatized people can indeed turn around and be abusers. They can indeed turn around and continue that cycle. That's what generational trauma is, is that that cycle of abuse. And some people do not like to face that part because it's hard for them to see their abuser, their parents especially, or that, you know, not even parents, sometimes it's other things, but it's it, that's the reality of things is is that you make a conscious choice to see how that affected you how that affected other people and you make a choice to heal yourself so you don't continue those patterns that's what it is and i might get flack and i don't i don't give a shit if you knew my story and what i had to wake up to and how i made a conscious choice instead of burying my head in the sand and I made a conscious choice to make sure the generational shit doesn't continue, you'd fucking congratulate me because I had a choice. I mean, it was an easy choice for me, but I still had a choice. And so this is where you take that wisdom and you get those lessons and the insight and you start integrating it, integrating it on a practical level. And so this process, a lot of people say, well, what the fuck is integration? How do you integrate your fucking shadow? This talks a lot about aligning um, the transformative experiences with uh, how you view the world, your belief systems, um, and understanding of yourself and the world around you. But this is also about embracing your authentic self and shedding, you know, the expectations that society might have of you, um, releasing outdated beliefs and limitations, and really just stepping into your true nature and being in harmony with yourself and having that self-compassion and accepting the good, the bad, and the ugly, and just finding the wisdom and the grace to be kind to yourself. You know, obviously do better, be better, but having that compassion, because I know for me, I have this nasty habit where like, I am my own worst critic. I am so fucking harsh to myself. I beat myself up over mistakes. I'm so scared of being a monster. I'm so scared of being a monster and this is something that I'm learning how to be softer with myself, how you to forgive myself. Because when I make a mistake, I'm just terrified that I've just hurt someone irreparably. And there's a lot to unpack here. This is an ongoing journey of healing, but it's about stepping into that authentic self and that sense of authenticity and empowerment, self-empowerment. And it gives you this ability to navigate easier. So, yeah, that's kind of what this stuff is about. Um, it's it's really awesome when you when you look at the archetypal energy and what this stuff is of the dark goddess and the underworld. And, you know, obviously you can use magic and I'm going to make podcasts where I talk about so many different goddesses um, and so many different magical techniques and things as well. 
Um, but yeah, it's really just about shadow work. It's about the repressed parts of ourselves. It's about the rejected parts of ourselves. And, you know, if you're a male and you're listening to this, I just want to say that, you know, you have a dark goddess too. So many men are taught to repress anything feminine, you know, repress their emotions. You know, boys don't cry. You know, boys don't play with dolls. Boys, you know, you guys are shoved into such a tight box that you guys absolutely are taught. And I get it. Not all men are taught this. Some are, some, you know, but it's just, it's a collective thing where men are taught to repress anything feminine. And so you guys have this like boiling, hot, angry, dark goddess within you that is like realistically begging to be loved, begging to be seen because so many men are taught to reject their emotions. They're taught to reject anything that is perceived as soft um, because they see it as weakness. And some women too, you know, some women go really hyper, but that's a whole other story. But men deeply deeply need the dark goddess because the dark goddess will help heal that part it will help them work through those rejected parts those repressed parts and learn how to be soft and not see you know themselves as weak but as powerful because they are not powerful but strong because of their emotion because of their softness because of compassion and empathy and and so many men are just taught at such a young age to reject just reject all of that and so the dark goddess is, I almost, I will almost advocate that the dark goddess is uh, needed more by men and in different ways, you know, in different ways, women need it too. But anyways, I really just, I just love it. And so that's really what our dark goddess is about is just the shadow work, the repressed, you know, the journey of shadow work and the cycles of it. So I think I'm going to wrap up because um, I'll just keep rambling about nothing. But thank you guys so, so much. Please like, subscribe, and I will be putting out a new podcast within the next couple days. Not quite sure what I'm going to talk about. I have a lot of different... Um, have a lot of different ideas brewing in my head, but stay tuned for the next episode and may the dark goddess bless you.